Hey everybody, Luke again. I'm here with the last podcast of 2019. I'm recording this on the 27th of December. And I suppose I wanted to do a bit of a year in review and just talk about some stuff that is not necessarily fitness related, but just some thoughts that I've had over the last few days or the last few months or over the last year. So it's obviously been a really big year for me. Uh, My business has really taken on a new angle to it with the online stuff happening. Uh, Had a lot of social media following, a lot more attention being paid to the stuff that I've been doing. And I've been doing a lot of presenting and education and that kind of stuff for the last few years now. But this year it's really taken off and been really good. So I have a a lot to be thankful for and thank you very much if you're listening to this and um, you've engaged with me or downloaded a podcast or get, and it is mostly positive. I get very little negative stuff coming through, which is really awesome. I know there's a lot of personalities out there that get a lot of negativity, but thankfully I'm not one of them. (laughs) I think it's because I try and just be a little bit more uh, rational about things and I don't do anything majorly extreme, but occasionally the the odd idiot gets through on social media, but it's pretty easy for me to deal with, thankfully. For me this year, I think I had a big shift from training uh, and being focused on training and nutrition information and more into personal growth. This is something that you see quite a lot from people on social media. I see stuff, you know, motivational quotes, um, the sort of self-help books being posted all the time, that kind of thing. And I'm not really one for that. I don't really like the happy clappy, motivational stuff. I don't really like the Gary Vee approach of like, just crush it and all that sort of thing. I actually think it's retarded. I really can't stand it, to be honest. The personal growth for me is not um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck or any other book that could have been a blog post or an article that gets, you know, moved into uh, (laughs) a book just being expanded and fluffed up. And if you get a lot out of those books, then that's fine. I'm not having a go at you. It's just not something that resonates very well with me. But for me, personal growth was more about independent discovery about myself. And I've spoken a lot about this on Jordan Shallow's podcast, Carl Trainer's podcast recently with Austin Current about trying to be a better person. And for me, that means exploring different aspects of my personality and of my life and trying to make improvements there and trying to make progress in those different areas. And it requires a lot of exploration. You know, one of the things that I spoke about a lot to give you a bit of an example of this is hobbies. And it's something that I've always paid a bit of attention to. I've always been a little bit into video games and into coffee and uh, into music, but I got more into guitar again this year after many, many years off. And it was more about exploring those things and seeing what resonated well with me. A lot of people, since I've been talking about the hobby thing, have messaged me and said, how do you find a hobby? I I wish I could find something I'm into. And I spoke again on Austin's uh, podcast, which is called Life Beyond Fitness. If you want to check out that episode, I thought it was pretty good. I spoke more about how it's not going to sort of hit you straight away. It's something that you have to uh, develop and cultivate an interest in. And it's, you know, anything can be a hobby. Anything can give value to your life, can give you an extra dimension to your personality or your life. And that's more about developing that interest, cultivating that interest, trying things out. And I I mentioned in that podcast that if you go to any sort of area you can think of, any little minor interest you might have, and you search for like a subreddit on it on Reddit, you'll find that there's a huge community of people that are just absolutely obsessed with it. You know, any there's going to be forums out there for anything you can think of. 
people get really obsessive about stuff and they get really into it. And so I don't think you have to find anything that is traditionally considered a hobby. You can just find something that you're interested in and pursue that as long as it's different to what you normally do and provides a different dimension, a different way of thinking. For me, that's really important because in the past, I've been so focused on the mechanics of training and nutrition and obviously the science, and I'm still into that stuff, but it's a very much a certain way of thinking. It's obviously pretty academic. The language is quite dry. It's a very non-fiction approach to things, if you put it, want to put it that way. And having some creative outlets, uh, part of it is content creation, but part of it is just doing something that is completely different to health and fitness altogether. Whether it's coffee, whether it's playing guitar, uh, you know, it could be painting or drawing. I, I really want to take up woodworking at some point, although we're going traveling, which I'll talk about any of those things is going to add dimension to you. And so my, my great pursuit has been trying to become more well-rounded and trying to be a bit more flexible and trying to give myself other dimensions to work in and grow. And I, I try and view it from a similar point that I view training or nutrition, where if you haven't done something for a while, let's say you haven't done cardio for a long time, or you've never really trained with weights or something like that, the newbie gains you get from it is massive. It's huge. And you can make a lot of progress because your, uh, your adaptive threshold is really low. And so even doing a little bit when you first dive in, there's so much you can learn and you can get better so quickly that it's really fun and it's really interesting doing something different. Uh, now, I also posted about how that can actually help your career. It can help your main focus quite a lot. There's a study that I talked about which measured something called self-efficacy, which is a psychological term. It's a technical term that they used. Essentially, it just means your ability to handle difficult situations and overcome them. And it's your self-belief to some extent. And these researchers found that people who engaged in hobbies and the more time they spent, the more leisure time they had that they spent on hobbies, the greater their self-efficacy in their career was. And further to that, the more different their hobby was to their work, the greater their self-efficacy was. And so doing something that is completely different to what you do at work can actually give you some tools to bolster your own personal belief in yourself it can bolster your ability to handle different situations, to be flexible, to have skills that might be usable or transferable to other areas. We see this in sport as well. Athletes that specialize too early tend to be more prone to injury and less likely to make it to the elite ranks, believe it or not. We tend to think that you have to start really young and you have to be obsessed and that can help for some people. But on average, most people actually do better engaging in a wide variety of activities and developing a wide variety of skills before specializing. And the research indicates that for youth athletes, the people who are specializing at 15 or 16 or 17 actually end up doing better than the athletes who specialize earlier than that because they develop a broader range of skills and they get injured less often. So it's pretty interesting. I think that that general generalizability principle can be generalized to uh, other stuff in life as well. And so I've kind of focused a little bit on that in terms of personal development. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about personal discovery as well. And this comes back to some concepts that I learned from Henry David Thoreau, who's, as you might know, is a philosopher, a guy in America. And what he did was he actually removed himself from society. He went to a cabin, his mate's cabin, in the woods for about two years and he, and he basically separated himself from society completely because he wanted to see if there was some kind of truth that he was missing out on by being, I suppose, a cog in society and just having to 
go along with what society deemed he had to do every day. And one of his great takeaways, or one of the things that I took away from his work in general, not that I'm an expert in this at all, I could be kind of misinterpreting this totally, so bear with me. But essentially what he said was that society protects the physically weak. So we have a society in which if you are unable to perform agricultural work or hunt or whatever, you could be a great intellect, you could be productive in other ways, and society protects you. You know, you have a role to play in society, and of course, that's the foundation of capitalism. You, you specialize in something, you're really good at that, but maybe you're not so good at other stuff. Um, but you still get resources, you get money that you can then spend on the production uh, that other people are producing, and you can survive, and you can do well, and you can have everything that everybody else does. So society protects the, the physically weak, but in this way, it also kind of protects the mentally weak. It prote protects the intellectually weak. And if you're not working on those areas, if you're not progressing in those areas or making sure that you still have some kind of, you know, basic level of competency in your, your mental health or your mental outlook, if you're not trying to develop yourself intellectually or academically, society kind of tends to protect those people to some extent. Uh, and that's something that's, I think, a little bit dangerous. And, and so I think that some of the takeaways that I, I got from this is that independent discovery is really important. So society offers protection, but you still, you basically sacrifice your personal identity and your individualism for that because you're expected to do things a certain way. You're expected to show up to work from eight till five or nine till six or whatever it is a standard working hour is. You're expected to commute a certain amount of time. You're expected to get married, have kids and get a mortgage. You're expected to have a car. You know, there's all of these societal expectations and, and bear in mind, I'm not anti-capitalist. I'm not anti-society at all. I think this is the most prosperous and the best time in history to be alive. But at the same time, you do sacrifice individualism and identity to some extent to allow that to happen, to have that protection. Uh, you know, you have to sort of act like everyone else or become a social pariah. You tend to look to other people for direction. And I wanted to kind of um, segue this into social media. You know, I obviously run a reasonably successful social media account and I have a lot of people who look to me for expert opinion. And I'm very grateful that people do because uh, I, I genuinely want to help people. I will genuinely tell them when I don't know something, but I do feel confident that the information I'm giving is balanced and it's good. But the problem is that a lot of people rely on me to give them the answer to everything without thinking for themselves. Even when I've actually produced content before, they still tend to ask questions, even if the information is in the post that they're commenting on, and they just want it kind of spoon fed to them or handed to them. And they just want to rely on an expert opinion without coming up with their own concept. And, you know, if you don't have very much expertise in an area like biology or something like that, sometimes that's a dangerous thing. And that old adage of a little bit of knowledge is pretty dangerous is certainly true, especially when it comes to nutrition and training, because a lot of the conventional knowledge is completely incorrect. But at the same time, it's very difficult to generalize a lot of that information because there's so much context involved. And so I'm usually pretty reticent to give very specific recommendations on social media because there's so much context there's so many variables involved for each individual that it's very difficult to do unless you know that person's situation specifically. And of course, I can't do that for everybody. I can't put 20 caveats in every post I make. It just gets exhausting. So, you know, sometimes I get people just asking me these questions out of the blue and it, it just feels like they haven't really thought about it themselves. They haven't spent the time 
committing themselves to some independent discovery. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to experts. I don't think there's anything wrong with garnering opinions from people. I certainly enjoy the fact that people ask me for my opinion and that I get to give it to them and I get to help them. But at the same time, it is very frustrating watching social media where you know, you have this collection of like a dozen gurus that you follow and you just ask them questions and then synthesize the information from that. It's really strange, I think, that people don't really come up with their own ways of doing things. And, you know, there's obviously a fine line there because like I said before, you can get that horrendously wrong. But I feel that sharpening your intellectual tools and sharpening your analytical skills and your critical thinking is a really important thing that seems to be lacking for a lot of people. And it's something that I'm still working very hard on myself because I find it is very, very important in the line of work that I do. And, you know, continuing on with the whole social media thing, I, it's really one of those things where I found with content creation, it's been challenging because my attention split over a bunch of various things. It's quite common that when I post something on Instagram, for example, a bunch of people don't see it. A lot of people don't see my stories. They don't come up, that kind of thing. And so there's obviously an algorithmic reason for that. And when you spend a lot of time creating content like I do, and a lot of the other people that are similar to me, the amount of work that goes into looking at research, analyzing a study, coming up with an idea and putting it out there is quite a significant time sink. And the problem is that a lot of people aren't seeing that, even if they do follow you. And even if they do see it, that information is up there for maybe 24 or 48 hours before it kind of disappears into the ether and no one ever looks at it again. So I've got tons of old posts that are very informative and I, have, I get tons of questions about stuff that I've covered ad nauseum before. And it's just because people haven't seen it from me before. And so from a content creation perspective, it's very difficult then to continue to produce content and put it out there knowing that you're putting in all this effort and it's only going to be live for a certain amount of time and only a limited amount of people are going to see it. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop creating content on social media, but it means that I've kind of moved my attention to other formats where there's a bit more permanence like the, the podcasts and I've been focusing a lot more on blog posts because it means I can go into much more depth than I can on a social media post. And it also means there's some form of permanence. If you stumble across this podcast, uh, if you're listening to this in like two years time, you know, this information is still up there. It's still relevant. You can still listen to it. You can check the backlog very easily. If you do a Google search on certain topics, my blog posts are going to come up no matter what. Uh, whereas social media seems to be a little bit uh, less permanent and obviously you can't go into nearly the amount of depth you can in other media. So my attention has been a little bit split between all this different content creation, which makes it very difficult. But uh, I think the bigger focus for me moving forward is certainly going to be on things like blog posts and podcasts um, because I find that much more satisfying intellectually. And then I'll kind of meter out those... Uh, those ideas that I get into social media posts for sure. I won't stop doing that, but if you do want to keep up with some of the, the better information that I'm putting, and that's going to be a lot easier to do for me uh, when we go traveling. So next year we're going traveling. Uh, we will leave in February and we'll be away to Sweden to start with to visit my in-laws, my wife's family, and we'll spend uh, probably three or four weeks there before we move on from there. At the moment, it looks like we'll be doing um, at least Scotland and Portugal. And then from there, we don't really know. There's a lot of places we want to visit. Almost everywhere on earth is a target for us. We've been around Europe a fair bit before, but it's mostly been major cities for a few days. And now we're going to have a little bit more time to travel slowly. There's still a date that we're due back in Australia in July because I'll be doing some presenting at uh, quite a big event that I haven't announced yet. So look out for that one. 
so we have a sort of four or five month period over there that we can do a bit of travel, which is really cool. But obviously along that time, I'm going to keep up the content creation with podcasts, blog posts, and social media posts where I can. I'm also hoping to get some YouTube videos up if I get the time for editing. So I've got a, a professional, well, not a professional, but like a decent quality video camera that I can do some YouTube and Instagram TV stuff. So keep an eye on that. Hopefully we'll be able to get some interesting backgrounds and places and uh, it'll be like an entertaining watch and still provide some good information on, you know, eating and training on the road and that kind of thing. You know, so uh, speaking of training, I've sort of shifted my, um, I talked about how I've shifted my focus from training this year to more personal growth. And for me, training has not been that exciting. It's not been very engaging for quite a long time, probably at least a year or two. I haven't been that into training. I still enjoy it. I enjoy how I feel after training. I obviously enjoy the health benefits and I enjoy uh, the, the aesthetic benefit that it gives me too. I really like that feeling of feeling like reasonably big and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it hasn't been that exciting for me and there's been an accumulation of little niggles and injuries. And I think it's just a case of having done stuff for so long, the same sort of thing for so long. I don't think I'm really going to get much bigger than this without, uh, you know, using drugs, which I'm not really willing to do. And, uh, you know, the shift in, in focus is really now to something that I can do on the road a little bit easier. Uh, I, I still anticipate that we'll be finding gyms and, and going to gyms when we're traveling, but it's going to be a little bit harder and you're going to have to pay casual rates and, and get to the gym and all that kind of stuff when you don't really know where you're going to be staying and all that sort of thing. So I've shifted a little bit more to a gymnastic or calisthenic focus, and I'm doing a little bit more of that. I'm still trying to get in enough volume to maintain my muscle size, and that's quite an interesting thing to do. The gymnastics or calisthenics focus is interesting because instead of being so focused on load, you're, you're focused on developing skill. And so fundamentally, the difference between you know, uh, a beginner to intermediate lifter bench pressing 50 kilos to an advanced or elite lifter bench pressing 150 kilos is really just weight on the bar. Yeah, there's some technique differences there for sure, but fundamentally it's the same movement with more load. Whereas in something like calisthenics, you, you might have, you know, eight to 10 exercise progressions in between uh, what a beginner is doing and what a more advanced person is doing, which is quite a fun thing where you you know you're going to be developing skills and learning new stuff all the time so really enjoy that my wife is actually doing the programming for me so i'm doing uh two upper body days a week programmed by her mobility training au is her instagram handle if you want to check her out and then i'm still doing my own lower body days at the moment but incorporating a bit more like sort of single leg squats and that kind of thing um, and a little bit of stretching as well, a little bit of mobility. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes on the road because it means we can just take some rings and if we find a park or something, at least we can just do that there. And I hope we can still get a couple of days a week. Okay, so on the business side of things, transitioning to the travel, I've taken on a bit more honestly fantastic but a bunch of clients. It's been really awesome actually to, to get the clients that I've been able to bring on board. They're all fantastic people and good clients. A lot of business opportunities for me as well, just in terms of online courses and doing seminars and that kind of thing. And I've, I've really realized that uh, there's a lot of people in the fitness industry that uh, want to do stuff together. They talk a big game, but people are terrible at organizing stuff and getting back to you. So there'd be a lot more happening if uh, we had a little bit more urgency with people getting back to you about seminars and, you know, content creation and all that sort of stuff. I'm certainly guilty of that sometimes. I think we all are, but man, it is really bad in the fitness industry. But, you know, I have a lot to 
to owe a lot to social media and making social connections over social media have been some awesome ones um, that I wouldn't have otherwise made if it wasn't for social media, just with other people in the industry. I already know quite a lot of people, especially in Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne in the fitness industry, but uh, a, a ton more people that otherwise I wouldn't have met. So the Carols, Mark and Glenn, and um, they, they've been really, really cool people. We get together pretty often. Um, uh, Wes, uh, Austin Current over in the US, He just we just kind of hit up each other um, and caught up for coffee when he was here in Sydney and we chatted and, and really hit it off. And that's definitely a friendship that I think will last a long time because we're pretty similar in a lot of ways. So I've bitched a little bit about social media in this podcast, but it certainly has that incredible power to get in touch with people and uh, and foster those relationships. And certainly a lot of people who have messaged me also, uh, you know, I really appreciate the, the interaction that I get and being able to interact with people like that. It's been really, really nice. And I just wanted to make a, a little comment that I do do my absolute best just on the sort of getting getting back to people. I do my absolute best to reply to people as soon as I can, whether it's a comment or a DM. I try my absolute best to be helpful. I just wanted to kind of let everybody know that since the following has gone over 20K, it can be really, really difficult to get back to everybody. I don't actually see a lot of the messages and reposts that I get anymore, which is a little bit frustrating. Sorry for the noise outside. It's uh, <laughs> the 27th and I guess people are taking the opportunity to do yard work and, and stuff like that. But it's just one of those things where I do my absolute best to get back to people and sometimes I just don't see stuff. So if I haven't messaged you back or anything like that, then that's probably why. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I think next year is going to be a massive year. Uh, I'm really excited to be releasing a couple of new courses. So I've got the Science of Fitness, which is a rehash of my advanced physiology. I've essentially updated absolutely everything, added a ton of new lectures and a totally new format. I'm very excited to release that because I think it is really going to be the gold standard in terms of learning the science behind fitness, which is why I called it that. So that's going to be a really big one. And so the business is really going to take uh, an aspect of, you know, online courses and online coaching. Obviously, the in-person coaching is going to have to drop, which is pretty sad because I've got some clients who have been with me for many years now that we, we won't be training together for at least the period that I'm away. When we get back in July, the, the current plan is probably to hit the road again. I'm not really sure if that's going to be the case. We'll just have to see how we go with traveling. But if you are in any of the locations that we end up going to, I, I would really like to meet up and catch up with people and you know have a local look at, at stuff, especially people who are into fitness and can kind of recommend gyms or just people that are of the same wavelength. So I'll kind of keep you all updated as to where we are and what we're going to be doing. Like I said, it'll be probably Scotland and Portugal to start with, and I'm really looking forward to perhaps putting together a London seminar, an in-person seminar. Um, you know, like I said, it's very difficult trying to organize some of the stuff, just trying to work around people's um, schedules and, and, and work with venue uh, sort of aspect of things is, is pretty tough. So the logistics aren't easy, but hopefully we can put that on. And if you're interested, please let me know. You can um, shoot me a message Luke at Lucid Health Coaching or on Instagram or anything like that if you are interested um, and we'll hopefully try and get something sorted out there. Anyway, uh, this has all just been totally off the cuff and a little bit stream of consciousness. So it's actually been engaging, but uh, I just wanted to give a little bit of a year in review. I just wanted to say thank you very much for everybody who's been listening to the podcast. Next year, I'm going to be bringing on some guests. So look out for that and Hope you have a happy and safe new year. And next time I speak to you will probably be in 2020. All right. See you later. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you next time.